Welcome back to Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets. It's the mix here on the Mayo Media Net. Powered by Jock Market, baby. The brand new daily fantasy app where we actually make money for being smart. Yay! Download the app for free. Use the promo code MMN. They're going to match that first hundred bucks for free. If it's free, it's for me. We've been doing our thing in the Jock Market as usual because... Of this show, I think, you know? And if you do, welcome aboard, strap up, and strap in for the fastest show in NFL absolutely anywhere. We're using Run, the Sims projections, to come up with the highest projected totals on tonight's Thursday night bad football slate between the Washington Bads and the Chicago Bads, its Commanders, its Bears, in another guaranteed slot fest for your Thursday night viewing pleasure. But who cares? It's your host, the big dude with the big mouth from the Big Apple. That's Big Johnny Stud at John Legaza. Coming to you worldwide from Brooklyn, New York, as always. Coming out the chair as always. Always looking forward to this show, having such a good time with this NFL season. I mean, man, is anything more humbling than a good NFL season? I feel like even when you're making money, the NFL season seems to beat you up. You just get so many things wrong. Gosh, I just love everything about it. Enough of that. We need more of this. All right, let's do our thing. I want to blow right through it. We have a ton of work to do and never enough time to get through it all because I talk a lot. But I also try and add as much value as possible. If you agree, please rate, review, and subscribe to the audio only pod. The five-star review is, you know, the gift, the tutti gifts, the thing that matters more than anything. And in a couple minutes, I'm going to ask you on the YouTube app to stick your cartoon finger right up inside me. Woo! Because likes matter way more than they should, but I really do appreciate that stuff, you know. Uh, listen, it is what it is. Just press the finger, will you? Help a brother out. Come on. Let's do the thing we do so well. It's the blue chips presented by Jock Market. Again, these are the highest projected players on the slate as per run. The Sims love them. Get with those boys and girls over there. They're doing excellent work. I, in particular, I really like that they don't just feed you projections. They give you the ability to just kind of fine-tune the dials. We've mentioned this before, but this part, this stuff works. I think this matters to all the people out there. If you're playing DFS, you're playing fantasy, you're betting props and all that stuff, to understand how, what's, like the underpinnings. I would suggest this, and this is no matter what kind of projecting you're doing. If you're using professional projections, you really want to be careful messing around with the usage. I have done this and failed many times. They're very, very good at projecting usage. The place I found that I am able to, not to say update or improve even, but to put my own stamp on it, because in the age of projections, you have to remember there's a certain swath of the mass that's using those. So even if you don't believe in it, like I do this with baseball projections, you should really understand them and follow them closely so you know how to properly pivot away from them. In baseball, the best way to do it is to, you know, ignore pitching and get with people like me who do their own work. In football, it's it's a little bit, it's just a, it's a little bit different. I think the best way to do it is to buck the team totals. A lot of times, again, you know, projection systems are going to put in half points and stuff, trying to be exact, tr- tracking the Vegas line. If you think 
a 21 is a 23 that's a big difference should be noted enter that into the projections let them handle the usage then you run it from there and i think that's really really helpful all right let's get into this one it's commanders and it's bears as i mentioned in a game of like who really cares i just can't believe any of this all right it's wentz samuel at the top of the commander projections at 18 and 16 respectively down to mclaurin and mckissick between 11 and 12 then down to brian robinson you know our new version of 50 cent with a nine-point projection, I just don't know how anybody gets to any of these. I don't know how any of these teams score any points. Let's do the Bears projections. I don't want to handicap the game for you. I think the feedback has been on that. I think that's really where I've made my bones in this industry, not just reading projections. That's why I have the image up for the audio-only listeners. You can refer to this stuff. Jump over to YouTube, grab a screenshot, jump over to Twitter, at John Legaza or the Mayo Media Net handle. Patty retweets his stuff. Him's really good about that. Go and grab it. Check it for yourself to keep your hands on the research tool. Let's, while we have this little bit of time to do this thing of ours, let's try and be as impactful as possible, make as much difference. So the Bears side, it's Fields at 16. He's been a little better of late. Montgomery over 14. Again, I don't know how anybody gets any of these. Mooney, 7.5. I guess that feels realistic, but think about that. The number one wideout and what was like a top five fantasy pick is now being projected for seven and a half points against a terrible defense Khalil Herbert at six Cole Komet at five and a half lots of people wearing that L I'm I'm one of them so I don't want anyone to kind of freezing cold take me on that one but I would be able to counter I think because in a lot of my Cole Komet analysis I had been grouping guys at the back if I wasn't up front so I had Mark Andrews I have him on every team he was my tight end one I thought he should be even going before Kelsey maybe at the wrap maybe that's not a perfect call but Andrews has been great so it kept me away from that clump in the middle and I ended up with a ton of Komet and Njoku as a pair Njoku has kind of taken off that was the idea hopefully hit one out of two again more lessons all the things that we do here nuance and context at the Mayo Media Net all right let's handicap this bad boy I think the answer are probably more in the statistics maybe I got my handy dandy you know handicapping sheet here let's go it's the Washington football team I like that one much better they're really really bad because Carson Wentz is really bad only 18 points a game they do run a ton of plays but he turns the ball over way too much five yards of play near the bottom of the board a nearly negative 10 EPA per snap on offense I think that's worst in the league maybe next to the Colts they're just terrible only 26 yards per drive bottom five in the league two minutes 36 seconds per drive bottom five in the league sub 68 percent drive success rate nearly bottom in the league the Bottom three, rush DVOA at minus 26%. Here's something we want to dig our teeth into. So this is the commanders on offense. 3.75 adjusted line yards. That's the bottom. 23 attempts for 89 yards for 3.6 running back yards per attempt. That's at the bottom. The big deal here is the Bears. Rush D has not been good at all. So this is the stoppable force versus the movable object. 1% rush DVOA for the Bears. D allowing nearly five adjusted line yards. 35 attempts for 170 yards on the ground. Nearly five running back yards per attempt 170 yards on the ground allowed by the Bears you got to think Washington's going to be looking there because the Bears past he has been very good holding opposing defenses below 200 yards a game Washington's slinging it man 42 attempts 26 completions but only 252 yards six yards per attempt nine and a half yards per completion that is terrible with those big volume numbers because one and a quarter interceptions per game Wentz taking everybody on the wild ride and even started out really really good Obviously, 
big advantage here to the Bears. D, going to be interesting to see where the run game goes. Keep that in mind. Flip side. Bears on offense. Wah! They are whack. 17.2 points a game. 53 plays for 274 yards. Oh my goodness, can it get any worse? And I know like they're getting better, but bad from better from worse still is not good, right? 274 yards per game as an offense is the bottom of the board. Minus 5.8 EPA per snap near the bottom of the board. Only 26 yards per drive I think that might be dead last two minutes 30 seconds per drive is in the bottom five 61.5 drive success rate is bottom three I mean this is just the grossest of the gross the Bears run game is good though 32 attempts a game 160 yards on the ground four and three quarter running back yards per attempt the problem is they're going to have to stay in the game to be able to do it because the pass game is Awful. Bears pass game, minus 17% pass DVOA, 16.4% adjusted sack rate. That 18 sacks is bottom three behind, only guessed it, Washington Commanders. Just atrocious. 17 attempts per game, 10 completions, 116 yards a game. Are these numbers even real? This is ridiculous. Is this a simulation? Is this the professional football league we know is the NFL? Is this week 14? And someone just didn't tell me. I mean, I'm I'm telling you. This is really the grossest. If I could avoid this game, I would. But let's enjoy this kind of thing of ours while we can. So there's just a lot of filth, a lot of slop here. Hold on, I have some cool positional stuff as well. The only thing popping off the page here. All right, Bears D allowing 124 rush yards to the running back. Remember, a lot of these things are combined interface quarterbacks. I like to isolate running back yards because if you get popped by Lamar, or Jalen Hurts, it's not quite the same as losing between the tackles. And I found segmenting that, again, nuance and context. If you're enjoying it, press the like button, rate, review, and subscribe. Other than that, Bears D, extremely tough. Only 30 points a game combined to wide receiver rooms. 7.5 points per game to tight ends. They've been very, very good. Washington D, giving up a ton to the wideouts. 41.5 fantasy points a game. That's in the bottom five. But who's going to do it? I mean, we saw Mooney make a ridiculous catch, but it's almost like... So what? The ball was terribly thrown. And can you really rely on unsustainability to be sustainable? Kind of sounds like, no, a bit of an oxymoron. Well, there you go. That's our blue chips. So, I don't know. I'm getting away from the quarterbacks. I think the key here, right, would have to be um, the Washington running backs. But, I mean, they've, they've split work. So... That can be really tough. I actually have that right here. Gibson, who had at least 12 carries in each of the four games, dropped down to three and three catches and carries. The catches have been going to McKissick. That's pretty much where that will stay. Brian Robinson had nine of the carries. So I think you got to be looking at him. And I think his nine-point projection is a bit low because I think he's the goal linebacker. I think he has a chance to pop the big one, but we don't want to pay for it. This one, again, is a slop fest on the Bears. I guess it's Fields because of the running ability. I don't know, Montgomery, it's just very hard to back with back any of these guys. Montgomery splitting work with Herbert, Mooney, and Komet, pretty much just atrocious. And then I think we have to move on from there. So that's your blue chips, everybody, your top projected players on the slate. I'd be careful with the projections again. I'm not looking to pay any kind of premium for guys like Wentz, guys like Montgomery, guys like McLaurin even. No, thank you. I'm going to be thinking about... Put counter punching, right? That's how I like to look at football. This team's bad. Will they do this well? You kind of have to think to the next step. So hopefully a little bit of that nuance and context will get us to the finish line. All right, we got the ball past midfield. Let's take a deep breath. Get this rock 
into the red zone with our value plays. All right, here we go. It's the penny stocks brought to you by Jock Market. Again, these are not just the cheapest players, but the cheapest players on a cost per point analysis. We're trying to look at this stuff through a value lens, right? I think that's Again, a good way to get to leverage, probably the best way to succeed in jock market, and a good way to help you build showdown from the bottom up. Let's dive right on in, and I see the first mistake I made right off the bat. If you catch it, get up in the comments. I mixed up one of my helmets there. Obviously, Wentz plays for the Commanders, and Fields plays for the Bears. Again, I mean, I, always, I swear, like, it almost like I do it on purpose. I swear I make one little tiny mistake every single show, but that then is the breaks the show must go on. I, we have to know which quarterbacks play for what team. So Wentz and Fields with the similar projections and the similar salary. Wentz leading the way, cost per point. However, got to give Fields the nod for the ceiling play because of the running ability. So I'm kind of ignoring that here. I'm Like I said, I'm really ignoring projections in general here um because i'm not again right we like to explain stuff we don't want to just throw it out there hey everybody ignore projections we're ignoring projections because i don't believe this is a median outcome game right that's my slant on it i think this is going to be a slot fest where you might get a big play here so let's look for big play players focus on them let the chips fall where they may and not look to construct some volume you know win here because i just don't think i just don't think it's going to happen now i do like some of these sites that do these combination prop plays we can try and build a narrative these kind of same gay things you know um there are companies out there to do it and that could be fun because then you could play like an over because the totals are very low but let's be realistic it's probably not going to happen so Wentz and Fields neck and neck here across the board IPOs across the board I've added those also for the audio only listeners hop on over to YouTube grab the screenshot or Twitter like I mentioned before seeing these numbers is important the first thing you'll notice when you look at the cost per point is how insanely high everything is I mean everyone's juiced up the pricing because that's the price they're used to paying in DK but the points are not there. IPOs, again, the market kind of has a natural feeling of where players end, where the top player must finish, but not me. If anything, we're going to be looking to short this one. I'd be definitely down to short Carson Wentz if he ends up at 1364. I'm going to try and get in that one if I'm, you know, I have all this stuff going on, kids, work, Yankee baseball's going on, all types of ill stuff. So if I get to short Wentz, I think that's my first play of the year, the first short play. Into the running back room we go. It's McKissick, it's Montgomery, and Brian Robertson. McKissick, 11-point projection. He's got to catch balls. I guess he's going to. But if the commanders are able to control the ground game the way we think they might, right? The stats kind of lean that way. I already laid that out for you. Uh, It's possible that you just see one of those minimal games from him, you know, where he just makes three grabs he did that twice three grabs for less than 20 yards so if you're going to pay up for that i think you're going to get burned where i actually prefer this is weird i actually prefer robinson because i don't believe it's a median outcome game so generally i'd be looking for mckissick to catch passes as an underdog but i don't see the bears pulling away where they get in that situation i think they're more in line where even if they're down seven or ten they're not afraid of that last quick score and you may continue to feed robinson the ball remember he just was getting worked in so i'm a little higher than his projection right down the nose with the dk salary but the cost per point at 733 is going to be thrown off because i disagree with the projection 867 ipo i think i like that because that opens a pathway to a three to one return on the 25 dollar top 
pay if he's the best player on the slate. And this game with a 38-point total or whatever, a running back that scores two touchdowns would be just that. If he busts a long one and falls into the end zone one more time, Brian Robinson going to triple up. So I think that's our guy for the penny stocks as I walk everyone through this stuff. Again, if you enjoy it, if you like the way we do it, or... Just agree with any of it or digging, you know, picking up what we're putting down. Please rate, review, subscribe, press the like button because I'd like the show to get picked up year over year. <laughs> it's a lot of work, man. But still, I live for it. Cam Sims, just, I, I can't believe it. Into the wide receiver room we go. Cam Sims leading the way as far as value. Projected for five points, 1.4 thousand DK bucks. Believe you at a beautiful 259 cost per point. So if you do kind of subscribe to the projections and you disagree with my non-median outcome today, but I think you just get with Sims regardless. The 257 IPO is there. However, I was looking at it. I didn't even know he made a catch. He did. He caught one ball for seven yards. Keep in mind, that's what you could be getting. Okay, so... Now, in the showdown, like, believe it or not, one catch for seven yards, if it gets another one for, like, 20 yards, could get you a little bit beyond the minimum. Going to be hard to get it in kind of return. So I don't know how he gets to the 5.4. I'm not there. The Bears passed these. Very difficult. I also have some cool stats. You know what? Let's do that. Now, let's do that one now. I have a cool, some cool pass stats. Again, I try and bring more and more to the show every single day. I'm trying to balance game analysis X's and O's with theory all in like 25 to 30 minutes. It can be very, very difficult. And then we'll circle back into the rest of those wide receivers. And it was Carson Wentz. So Chicago D's play a ton of zone. Majority zone. Wentz versus the zone. Very bad. 104 of 160. 1,100 yards. Four touchdowns. Four picks. But the passer rating down near 80 with a negative EPA per snap where against man, he's been very good, 25 of 43. So low completion, but he's daring. We know that. 251, 5 and 1, 104 passer rating with the positive EPA per snap. So I'm sure the Bears are looking at that. They're going to lean into a full-on zone attack. They're not going to allow for one-on-one and those commander wide receivers to win. They're going to play zone. They're going to dare Wentz, and he's going to probably fall on his face. So that's where I'm kind of getting away from, you know, the upside of these looking for yardage and point projections right sims is going to need yards to get there so curtis samuel at 16 points 8.2 salary 503 cost for point 11 ipo he's the kind of player that it wasn't they're really scheming around him now we have seen the rushes kind of go away but the usage is still pretty fat i will cover that in a little bit at the third part that is what they call a tease in the business so mclaurin after that 12 and a half projection i mean believe it or not he's projected for only 75 percent of curtis samuel but the salary is much higher so there you go the cost per point way off on mclaurin hard to get to that 720 cost per point even if the ipo is a touch lower i think samuel is probably the play washington has really not been very good going Samuel's way. I have known this betting on his props. Although we just missed that wreck prop by five yards. Oh, man, what a kick in the tail. Betting football, like I said, those ups and downs. But such is life and why we love it so much. Yeah, if I had to pick, you got to go with Samuel. He's got the higher projection, the lower salary. So, you know, that one is like the definition of value. Into the Bears receiver room. It's Economist, St. Brown, and then Darnell Mooney projected for 5 and 7.6 points. So if that's the case, they're both pretty whack. Just way too expensive. Darnell Mooney with first player all year to crack that $1,000 cost per point. That's like a thanks, but no thanks. 
brown with the low IPO 450. So if you're just, you know, looking at it from that perspective, I'm right, that's the way we want to go. His game log really kind of far from impressive. Yikes, two catches for 24 in the last one, no catches the week before, and then one catch for 20. So St. Brown, really, it's not been very good. He does play a ton of snaps, 81% of the snaps, 101 routes, but only 13 targets. So, right, that 12.9% target per route is extremely low. One yard per route run, really, at that cutoff point of thanks, but no thanks. So, it's just really tough to get the Bears. You're going to have to pay up for Mooney. So, you're paying, that's a paying a premium with low expectations. Again, this game is going to probably stink, right? So, what does that mean? Make sure you bet the over, like the alt over 64. <laughs> Make sure to hit that one. Because very if this doesn't end up 6-3, this will end up 38-37. That's how the uh, NFL goes. And last up, the one tight end. It's John Bates. I mean, he's only playing 40% of snaps. He's only run 60 routes. It's been kind of a tough go for everybody on a commander's team and now we're talking about Bates you're looking to get to the very bottom option he did have three grabs last week four the week before so that does make him viable for the 330 IPO and the 3000 salary in DK so I guess really as I as I verbalize it I guess Bates is a must as far as value goes right so Bates Robinson Samuel Fields, I think, really is probably the core. That's where we want to be. And Jock Market, I guess it's pretty similar. Fields for the top play. Robinson for the cost plus top play. Samuel for the only semblance of value, I guess. And then Bates as, like, the trash can, perhaps, you know, four for 50 falls in the end zone and triples up at the 330 IPO. So, like I said, this one is really, really ugly. Rate, review, and subscribe to the audio-only pod. Press the like button if you're digging what we're doing here at the Mayo Media Net. Brought to you by Jock Market with your host, me, the guy that screams at microphones. All right, let's uh, punch this ball into the end zone, right? So now we're in the red zone passing the penny stocks. I do have a player prop for you. This was just... Gosh, who wants to... Don't bet on this game, people. And I'm only saying that because I love you. The props I put out really are first looks. I haven't locked it in because I still have some shopping to do. And I'm still looking at some player news, right? There's a lot of things before a singular football game we need before we press that lock button. All right, so that's the second pillar of profit. Let's take one last deep breath. (sighs) Before we score the rock. All right, we're up in red zone. Let's get the MMN crew into... The painted area on the field, but then we could start like dancing and stuff. You know what I'm saying? We could be dancing. We do the gritty and all that. Mm, mm, mm. All right, let's do it. Week six, Thursday night football prop brought to you by Jock Market. I will not hold the audio only listeners in suspense any longer. Up there, it's Curtis Samuel over four and a half receptions. It's a little juice, minus 130. I saw it minus 128, minus 141. Prop betting very disparate. My best advice is to get in touch with many books you know i you know try and use those promos take advantage of them and be careful of rollover there's nothing free in this world and have access to the pricing because it's stuff it really matters right we're not talking about minus 131 to minus 130 that might be the kind of difference that might not be worth your time Minus 130 to minus 145 to minus 128, minus 127, you have to to get the better price because those 10, 13% differences in pricing over the long term is going to be the difference between P and L some quarters, right? It's going to be the difference between what color ink you're using in the old uh, graph paper or now 
I guess spreadsheet. If well, I, I really like doing the grading in ink. It feels real, per, you know, it feels permanent, right? It's not going anywhere. No one's erasing it. So let's do the prop. It's Curtis Samuel. As I mentioned, we're not expecting a ton as far as value, uh, volume. I'm sorry from the Washington pass game. However, they throw a ton. 42 attempts a game, 26 completions. Yardage has not been great, but we're not expecting a great yardage from Samuel. So maybe this does all kind of work out for us. Let's just do some of those numbers so he's always on the field. Check in that first box. 82% of snaps for Samuel. 201 routes. He's earned 44 targets. That's 22% of the team target share. 21.9% target per route run. The other wrecks there, right? The other kind of uh, specs underneath that, not great, right? As far as depth, so 1.4 yard per route run, 4.6 air yards per target, 8.8 yards per reception, right? That stuff is not great. So it leaves you with the low wreck yards per game, but we're not looking for that. We're looking for receptions, which got us... Actually, we're starting to roll now hitting these player props. Like, big surprise, right? I get, my models and stuff are always going to be better with more data, and you don't want to feel forced, but we nailed it with Kelsey, right? The idea of trying to take advantage of the zone, that he would sit down underneath it to be... I even said that to be careful looking for big yardage, but I did think we'd get volume. Well, he got volume, and he got touchdowns without getting any yards, but... Who cares because we cashed our bet. So Samuel, this one feels a bit low. Four and a half catches by game. Eight, seven, seven, four, six. So by my calculations, he's gone way over in every game. But one, the Bears D is probably going to frustrate the hell out of the Commanders. And this could lend itself again like the counterpunch, right? So if we're going to expand on our initial analysis, something, again, we'll do this. It will be the last lesson in staying consistent in your narrative. But here, let's take it through. So if we're expecting Washington to win at the point of attack in the run game, they have been good. The Bears have been very bad. Well, I'm sorry, Washington has not been good, but the Bears have been bad. So we're hoping that we just kind of have the edge there. But because they struggle, Washington's still going to have to be a little deceiving, right? That, that's where I was going. You're not going to see Washington, you know, just line up in these ridiculous Taysom Hill power powerhouse formations and just knock everybody over like bowling pins in that style. So you are going to see, I think, this, this ebb and flow, how stacked the box is with the Bears, right? The Bears are... No, they're going to try not to get caught in the middle because they're going to need to press the run game without getting beat over the top. Right? We did see what De'Ami Brown can do. Now, Bears pass D is not nearly as bad as the Titans pass game for long passes. So I don't I don't think it's going to work that way. So I, I, what I do think is the Bears looking to stop the run while also looking to stop getting the top taken off may leave that little section in the middle. We've seen Samuel be very good with crossers and slants eating up real estate close to the line of scrimmage being the only passes that Wentz is able to complete so I, I, this is the only place I could go for offense with an over if not just smash all the unders everywhere get every team total under get everything under I it's just a ridiculous game so I think that will do it for us here again Curtis Samuel over four and a half receptions five catches for Samuel fully in the range of outcomes they scheme around him he's out wide He's in the slot. Something also that I really like to look at. So he's had a quarter of his snaps out wide, 68% of yards in the slot, which again lends itself to high reception totals because he's closer to the quarterback and the close proximity 
increases the completion percentage. So just to walk you through a bit of how I get there, and then I'm not just guessing, because I do feel like some handicappers do that, <laughs> right? Especially some of the more good-looking ones. All right, let me leave it there before I get canceled. All right, we scored the rock. We're dancing in the end zone. Woo! Doing the icky woods. Who remembers that? I just ate myself, you know, doing that thing you know, under, the, under the screen. I'm doing, like, the me thing. So that will do it. Thanks for picking up what we're putting down here at the Mail Media Night and the Mix, everybody, with your host, Big Johnny Stud at John Legaza, J-O-H-N-L-A-G-H-E-Z-Z-A on the Bird app, yo. Appreciate you, man. You know, I my time is precious. I treat it as such, and I work really hard to make the time that you spend here with us the same. You know, they're really trying to get some value. We're doing some stats that maybe not everyone has access to, access to projections that not maybe everyone has access to, going over theory and handicapping with analysis, how we apply. And it's not always green light, right? Sometimes it's yellow light and sometimes it's red light. Remember, sometimes the best bet is no bet. We can do that lesson really quick before we get out of here. Very important stuff. And if I haven't earned the like, this should do it for all the people who are serious about making money out there. No bet better than a bad bet. Not just a catchy phrase, not just, you know, kind of cool sounding, which it is. But if you have $100 and you bet 10% and you lose, you're down to $90. If you place a bet and win 10% back, you're not at, uh, at 100. You're only at 99, right? 10% of 90 is... 99, leaving you down 1%. So if you continue to extrapolate on those, that, right, cycle that outcome, you won't end up even winning 10% and losing 10%. You actually end up at zero because for every 10% you lose, you need to win 11% back. So there's a quite literal mathematical explanation, right, wholly data-backed mathematical explanation as to why no bet is better than a bad bet and why you should be looking not to bet before you're looking to bet. And I think that's the difference between myself and a lot of the other garbage out there, all the fugazis, you know, whatever, more worried about makeup and wearing, you know, whatever, carrying expensive things they don't own in front of cars that they don't drive, whatever. Like, it's such a fake. If anything, I'm real. Like, I'm fat and I'm loud and I'm cool and I love my family and I love you. And that's pretty much all you need to know about that. That's all I have to say about that. A little Forrest Gump there for you. So, rate, review, and subscribe to the Only Only Pod. Make sure you download the Jock Market app. Use that $100 free promo. It's more than enough to do some damage. And I suggest take it easy today. Maybe get a share of John Bates. Maybe get one share of Brian Robinson. And call it a day. Look to profit. And then we'll be back for the main show where we're really doing damage. Really sinking our teeth into the 200-player slate. Using these projections to... Do a better job at finding, you know, more of the diamonds in the rough because the field is a lot better so we could cast a wider net and hopefully gain more edge. So from Mayo Media Net and Jock Market, the big dude, and all the lovely men and women at Mayo Media Net, love you much, man. Enjoy the games. Enjoy your day. And when we're done with the book, enjoy that pay. Remember, when you work this hard, it feels a lot less like luck, yo. Peace. 